You are now listening to a Fit Plus Love production. Hello, welcome, and welcome back to Monday Moves, the weekly Monday drop on the Marnie on the Move podcast. I'm your host, Marnie Salop. Today on the podcast, I'm going to do a race debrief, a breakdown of my strategy, my nutrition, my race day plan, and how I trained for the Shape Half Marathon that I did yesterday in Central Park. I PR'd by 13 minutes and nailed my nutrition. This is one of the best races I've had in the last five years. My time was 213.51, which was a PR from 2022 of 13 minutes. It was a PR of 21 minutes from a race I just did in at the end of January, the Miami half, which was completely flat, by the way. It was hot, but it was flat. And New York City is rolling hills all throughout the west side, which is about three miles. In Miami, I did a 234.51 half marathon. And in 2022, I did the shape half in two hours and 26 minutes. Everything about yesterday was perfect for me. My nutrition, my hydration, my race strategy, the weather was great. It was 50 to 55 degrees, overcast with rain on the horizon, super moody, not too sunny or hot. Here's what is different about what I did yesterday that I haven't done before, although I have been practicing, but also just in general, my approach to the race was just totally different from anything that I've done in the past, from everything that I've learned. I just really wanted to try something new, not new on race day, but throughout my training, I've been doing some testing of how to get faster because that's my goal. I want to be faster. My goal is not to finish the race. It's not to enjoy the scenery. I'm talking about running, not triathlon. In triathlon, sometimes I just want to have fun and enjoy the race course. But when it comes to running, I'm in competition with myself to get faster. So my nutrition was on point. I've been working on this for the past few years. I used to eat steel-cut oatmeal every day, and especially before every race, usually about two hours before with coffee, a non-dairy creamer, and without fail, I would be in the bathroom all morning leading into the race. I'm just talking about running here. And then even at mile three or four, I would have to stop and go to the bathroom. I got some great advice from one of my podcast guests, Dr. Stacy Sims, and now I just eat one or two slices of gluten-free toast two hours, an hour and a half before a race. Zero nutrition, no value here, but the carbs and the sugar are what helped me fuel for the race. And I think with the oatmeal, there was too much fiber. So oatmeal is an amazing breakfast. It's I'm great for you. There's so many great qualities. I can't say enough about it. But for me, before a run, it is no bueno. Okay, so I got some great advice from Stacy. Another piece of great advice that I got from Stacy was to lose gels, not to use them anymore, and to switch to choose. This was for me because I have issues with my gut and nutrition. So this was a real game changer when it came to bathroom stops because essentially every run and every race that I do, I usually will stop to go to the bathroom around mile three or four. And it's not because I'm overhydrating. It usually has to do with something that I'm eating. So thanks to Stacy, I listened to her. I switched over to choose 
And it's been a real game changer. I also have been using Super Sapiens, which has been a game changer as well because I know how to keep my glucose levels stable while I'm training and working out. So while the package says, you know, take a chew every 20 minutes, for me, I kind of need to take one every 10 to 15 minutes. That's something I've been workshopping for the past few years. So I think I finally nailed it. There was not one bathroom stop. I did not have any stomach issues at all. I wasn't hungry. I didn't feel low energy. It was absolutely perfect. My hydration was also awesome. I took Salus salt tablets early in the morning and didn't need to take any with me on the run because they are time released. So one less thing to carry. I always take my own water bottle with either Noon or Precision Hydration. On this day, I used Tom Brady's new hydration electrolyte mix, which I got last week at an event at Mile High Run Club. And I just loved it. I looked at the ingredients. I looked at the amount of sodium, the amount of potassium, all the things that you need when you're running in hydration and electrolytes. And it was the perfect amount and it tasted great. It also had mushrooms in it and some other things and I was a little nervous. But again, no bathroom stops. I grabbed water a few times throughout the race at the water stations just to kind of mix it up because I did have the electrolytes in my water. And also it was a good excuse to stop for five seconds or less. I was pushing it. My goal in this race was to PR from the race I did last year, which was, as I said earlier, two hours and 26 minutes. It was to PR from the race, the slowest half marathon I've done in my entire life, which was on January 29th, two hours and 34 minutes in Miami. And I also had stomach issues in Miami because I didn't do any of these things that I just talked about. And I just I just really wanted to PR and I wanted to run fast. In my wildest dreams, I never thought I would run this fast. My race strategy was super different than what I usually do. It was next level for me. And really, I don't know any coach that would advise this except me. So some athletes might see this as a rookie move because I went out really hard and for as long as I could. Uh, Coaches might be horrified. I am a coach, but I'm not horrified because I know myself. I knew this was going to be the only way for me to do this race. And I was willing to go as hard as I could for as long as I could and then settle into a pace that I could manage for the remaining miles of the race. There was no negative splits. There was no other strategy. That was it. And just to be clear, again, like I am on a mission to be faster. And competing with myself is fun. I don't just want to finish in these half marathons or a marathon. I want to run faster, get back to a nine minute or eight and a half minute mile because I love the way that feels. Since I trained for the New York City Marathon back in 2019, my zone two pace dropped down to an 11 minute mile, 1045 if I'm lucky. And I really haven't been able to get back to the old mileage pace that I used to do pre-2018. And yes, I got older, but and there was a pandemic, but whatever. No excuses. I just have to work a lot harder. So with that said, as a coach and a seasoned athlete, when you start a race, you've got lots of adrenaline and you automatically want to start running fast. It's really hard not to. 
a lot of athletes have to pace themselves, slow themselves down. It is a crazy type of exciting energy and it will move you, literally and figuratively. Every coach I've ever had always advises to take it easy in the first few miles, warm up, and settle into a pace that you can hold for the race. And they're right. Maybe they suggest doing a negative split, running fast on the flats, and recover on the hills. All of this is great advice, just not for me. My experience in these races is that if I start out pacing myself and going slow, I can't switch gears and get into a faster pace for the rest of the run. And then I'm stuck at that pace. So I decided I had nothing to lose. Why not go all out from the very beginning? I mean, I thought all out would be, you know, a 10 and a half minute mile. And then I thought I would really push it for the last mile into the finish line. But that is not what happened. I started out in the two hour and 15 minute pace group. Sometimes if you hold back, and I've heard this from other athletes, you can never really step on the gas to go fast. There's a really fine line between pacing yourself, getting into a pace that works for you for like the duration of whatever that race is, whether it's a marathon or half marathon, a 5K. It usually takes me two miles to warm up and remember why I love running. But when it's a race, all of that happens from the energy and the vibe in the corrals. It's really hard to go slow. And if you try to go slow, at least for me and my experience, it actually works against me. So my strategy was to start with the pace group that I wanted to finish in the time, which was 2.15, and hang on as long as I could, as if I were in a peloton on the wheel of the bike in front of me riding through the wind. And I think that was kind of my plan. I mean, all of the top athletes run in a pack for a reason. So I figured like I could really run fast in the group. I also did not look at my watch for the first two miles because I wanted to go with the flow and feel how I felt. Then I looked at it and I was like, holy shit, there's no way this is right. My Garmin is wrong. It's cloudy. It's not getting the right time. My heart rate was 160 and I was running a nine minute mile. I haven't seen a nine minute mile since, I don't know, 2017, 2018. Then before we ran up the Harlem Hill, I looked at my watch again and I was flying. Heart rate, 160. 160 is my zone three moving into zone four pace zone. 150 is zone two. So anywhere in between, 160 is definitely my my zone three, upper zone three heart rate. So I stopped looking at my watch because I started getting into my head, overanalyzing the pace, wondering if I could keep this pace up for the entire race. And what would that look like if I were to keep a nine minute mile pace? I started thinking about what my finish time would be. And it was like all this noise in my head and overanalyzing and overthinking and worrying and I was just like shut up and run stop thinking I zone back into my music I love music when I'm running it's a luxury because in triathlon you can't have any music I felt strong the entire west side of Central Park is rolling hills no matter how you slice it it's not easy I love it but it is so hard and just when you think you climbed the hardest hill like Harlem Hill 
it's not the hardest hill. Every hill is harder than Harlem Hill, even if they're smaller. Just after around the six mile marker, I looked at my watch and I had been running for an hour. So I haven't done six miles in an hour in over five years. I started having a mental heart attack. It was a record time for me in the past few years. My heart rate was still 160. It wasn't 165, but it was like going up. And I was like, "Uh uh-oh, maybe I should take my heart rate down to 155 or 150 for a little bit. And then I slowed down and it dropped to 144 and I immediately thought I was dying. Immediately. I thought my heart was done. It was over. And no matter how strong I felt, I couldn't go faster. I literally could not run faster. And my pace wasn't that slow. I mean, it went from, it was varying, you know, all throughout the park and the hills and whatever. But, you know, it was still a decent pace at like 1030. So... Again, I used my yoga skills to stop all the noise. I wasn't dying. And I actually thought to myself, like, if I did die in that moment, like, that would be okay because I did six miles really fast. And the reality was that, and all these things were going on in my head, you know, like Tim O'Donnell had a heart attack and that was really scary and he's a super healthy guy. And there have been other people in the history of athleticism that have had issues And so, yes, I'm very healthy, but anything can happen. That is like the worst place to go in your head when you're in the middle of a race. I mean, I felt strong. I did not feel tired. I didn't feel anything. So I just kept running and I tried to keep my heart rate below 160 for a little bit because I was nervous, but I did need to tap into my yoga skills to stop the chatter and push back through. My pace was bouncing around which is not good. You know, you should have a solid pace. But my pace was bouncing all over the place because I was flying on the flats, flying on the downhills, slowing down on the uphills. It was hard to maintain the steady pace, which if I was a really good athlete, then I could. Anyway, by mile 11 or 12, that was the end for me. It was like the kiss of death. I was running a 1045, 11-minute mile, and it wasn't hilly. My heart rate dropped down to 150, And I was doing my normal pace. So I guess I finally settled into a pace around mile 11 or 12. Towards the end of mile 12, I decided that whatever was left in the tank, I was going to put it all out there. So I ran as fast as I could through the finish line. And it was crazy. It was a great strategy for me. I think I can work on that strategy moving forward. One thing I always do when I train and when I race is whatever the lowest, fastest pace is that I see in my Garmin, that sets the benchmark for the next training season or the next training session. So I think the nine-minute mile would be a challenge, but I definitely think my goal is to hit 10-minute miles in my zone two runs from now on because I did it on the race course so I can do it in my training. My mantra for the whole race was shut up and run. Worst case scenario, you walk. Again, I am crazy. I have been running for, I don't know, like since 2011 as races and before that just recreationally. And I've done over 54 events, including Olympic distance, triathlon, 70.3, half marathons, 5Ks, open water swims, centuries. So I know my body. I know my heart rate. I know my pace. I know what I can handle. And I know that I am often holding back. My key takeaways from yesterday really are in order to run fast or faster than whatever you are running, if that's your goal, 
you have to run fast or faster. You have to feel the speed. You have to feel the pace. In order to feel it, you have to do it, even if it's for a quarter mile, because until you feel it, you don't know what you have to do to perform to get there. So what I like to do is I do 800s, I do mile repeats, I do interval sessions, eight like 400s, 200s on the track, and then I slowly build the speed of this mileage into my overall time and distance. So in my training over the past few months, I've got some great paces on my intervals and short runs, and on my long, slow zone two runs, I will always add a couple faster tempo miles in, in the middle. I like to test my speed on the treadmill too. It's an awesome tool because on the treadmill, you can type in the numbers you want to run and feel the pace and then kind of take that pace that you feel on the treadmill outside to the road. And actually, I find it's always a lot easier to run fast outside than it is on the treadmill. But I'm also clumsy, so I'm always nervous I'm going to fall off the treadmill even though that's probably not going to happen. My other takeaway was train the terrain. This is something that I've been doing all of my years racing and training. I'm a huge fan of race recon and training the terrain. If you can, if you live near the course, if you can get there a little early and do part of the run or the bike, obviously we have Strava, we have Map My Run or you know the race course elevation and map on the website of the race and you can kind of take that and plug in the inclines, the flats, the downhills and train the terrain. I'm also a big fan of train the weather. So I am a fair weather athlete. I love to say that. But bottom line is if you don't run in the rain, if you don't run in the snow, if you don't run in 45 mile an hour winds, you're never going to be prepared for what could happen on race day. And even if you do all those things, you're still never prepared. So while I might not do every race that's in the rain or in the snow, I I try to do one or two throughout my training just to be prepared. Although now that I want to be Q and I signed up for the Paris Marathon and I'm trying to get more competitive with myself and my running, I'm forcing myself to do things like run in the rain. My other takeaway and my last big, well, my other takeaway was empty the tank, put it all out there, don't hold back. It's a race. Give it all you've got. If that's your goal. If it's not your goal, skip to the next tip. But if you want to be fast and you want to compete, you've got to get into that like fifth gear. Like if you're a car and you're, you know, shifting into the gears, that's what professional athletes do. It's hard to do that if you don't know what it feels like. So that's why when you back to, you know, running faster, you've got to kind of put yourself in a position where you know what that feels like. Honestly, I've never done that. Historically, I haven't really pushed that hard and I've never been like that competitive. I've never been that competitive. But after the past year of being on the finish line as media, watching athletes, pro athletes and elites come through and just lay on the ground or nearly pass out, that's where you have to be if you want to compete. Um, I'm not saying that you should do that. I'm I'm not. (laughs) I'm just saying that's what I want to do. It's not healthy. It's not. But you have to train for it. And 
it looks like they gave it their all. I tend to save all my energy. So when I come through the finish line, I'm like, all right, what's the next thing we're going to do? And that might be something that I get from triathlon just because, you know, you do the swim, then you've got a bike, then you've got a run. And so in triathlon, like you really can't do that. I mean, of course, there are athletes who are competing, elite athletes and pro athletes that are like going at this zone all throughout the race. But you've got to train for that. Anyway, this is my new MO. I'm running faster, empty the tank, put it all out there, don't hold back. The other key takeaways were strength training is key. I've been doing this for the past year, not as well as I should be, but I feel like as much as I've done, it's been helpful. And the other thing is maximize your macronutrients. Make sure you're eating healthy, whatever works for you. I eat lots of sweet potatoes the week before a race because I'm stocking up on carbs. I do eat gluten-free pasta. Um, You know, I I eat a lot of protein. Like during the week, I have one protein smoothie a day in addition to all the other food I eat. And the week leading into the race is so important also to stay hydrated. But that's another podcast. Those are my key takeaways from this block of training over the past few months. And next up for me is Brooklyn Half Marathon. And hopefully I will be PRing on this course as well. I highly recommend the Shape Half. It is a really fun race and it will definitely challenge you. Central Park is beautiful and hilly. All right, guys. Hope you're having a great Monday. Over and out. See you next week. Thanks again for tuning in to Marnie on the Move. If you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social at Marnie on the Move for Facebook and Instagram and Marnie Salop on Twitter. Head over to our website, MarnieOnTheMove.com for more info on this episode, links in the show notes, and of course, sign up for our quarterly newsletter, The Download, to get updates, deals, giveaways, and information on future events for 2019. I want to hear from you. Email me, MarnieOnTheMove1 at gmail.com, and let me know what you're enjoying, what you want to hear more of, If you have questions for our guests, just reach out.